who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone and welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast and happy fourth of july or fourth of july weekend depending on your listening i'm your host steve foutis with me as always is mr america Eric Sanchez. Nothing says America like Sanchez. No, last name like Sanchez. <laughs> hey, we're the uh, melting pot. That's what that's America's true. all about. That's true. And we'll talk Who a lot about Who cares what it. your Th- last name is? This week's show. Is there an American last name, really? I mean, Smith, I guess, but even maybe, that's... Maybe kind of... like European blacksmiths and uh, sure. shoemakers. <laughs> sure. This week, we're talking our favorite WWF, WCW, pro wrestling, etc. patriotic moments. It's kind of an impromptu show idea that we had. And it'll be fun, but really, it's just going to be talking about Lex Luger. Let's be real here. And, and what we're <laughs> going to talk Express. about. Yes, the Lex Express. Want to get a show out this weekend? It's been a couple weeks since Eric's been on, and I did a guest spot in the podcast a couple weeks ago called the Apron Bump Podcast. Check that out. We looked at a TNA pay per view, which was a lot of fun. Samoa Joe's debut in Impact Wrestling. It was good stuff mm-hmm. and, and good. fun to watch. I got to be kind of a smartass for a while, first time in a while, kind of making fun of Monty Sop. Which is Billy Gunn's real name. So yeah. that was fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yes. Anyway. That era. If this is your first time listening, maybe you saw us on Twitter. Appreciate that. You can always follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Find all the past shows, Positively Processing Podcast. Search your favorite podcast app. We'll be there for you. And hit subscribe every week, every couple weeks, whenever. We'll be there for you for fun, positive, nostalgic wrestling talk. All right. <laughs> I'm excited. This is a weird... We're normally recording at night. We're recording during the day. Yeah, I'm I thought it, I, I, I'd I change it up a little bit. Um, so where know, were you? Got, this? You Where were you this week? So, I mean, I heard you were on Ohio last week. And I'm like, hey, you're in Ohio. I'm like, I'm going to Ohio. You're like, where are you going? I said, King's Island. You're like, oh, that should be fun. But you don't know what a King's Island is. You asked well, me Well, I know today. it's an amusement park. Uh, yeah. I figured that, but I've never, never once considered going to a King's Island. Yeah, I've never heard of it either. So okay. um, my girlfriend's family, you know, they like to do amusement parks and, you know, go on vacation, stuff like that. So I've heard of Cedar Point. They've been to Cedar Point, Six Flags, all that kind of stuff. But Kings Island is in Mason County or Mason City, Ohio. And it's pretty fun. They got a, a pretty nice hotel out there, Drury Inn Suites. And probably like 10 minutes away, they've got Great Wolf Lodge. And then right next to that is Kings Island. So it was kind of fun to go around and, you know, play amusement park games, ride rides, water rides and you know, it's a fun vacation. So are you a roller weather. coaster guy? Do you like the coasters? No, nah, not really. <laughs> you know, I feel like water rides. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of just, you know, observe. You don't but, ride the uh, rides ever. You're done with no. them. Did, did you ever I, like them? Um, I, I want to say no, but I did. I have ridden rides, but mm-hmm. it's just I do not like the 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 drops. Like just this sunken feeling in my gut and my throat and the speed. Like it. It's too much. <laughs> like, I don't know why anybody would enjoy it, but I mean, I could see, but oh, it's, you know, fun. It's, just, it's, it's not for me. Like, I'm a big I, I fan. 
I, so I, no PPW vacation to uh, <laughs> amusement parks. Maybe we'll go to Six Flags. You can just say hi to Bugs Bunny or something as you walk around. Yeah, it's pretty much what I did at Kings Island. They have uh, Peanuts characters, like okay. Snoopy and Charlie Brown. And, you know, I'll ride like the Snoopy rides. <laughs> yeah. And the Red Baron uh, airplane, you know, little trolleys that go around. Good stuff. I'm what? Yeah. The, I know there's been amusement parks in the past where they do like independent wrestling shows inside the park. I've I've seen those like Six Flags before, but nothing ever yeah. crazy. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, the last like I don't know like uh, parking lot um, wrestling thing I've seen was at the Hot Sauce Fest in. It was in Toyota Park down. Okay. They, they call it Chicago, but I think it's Bridgeview. Yeah, it is. That was kind of fun. Cool. Yeah, the local minor league independent baseball team down the road from us has brought back their Thursday night wrestling. So maybe we'll check one of those out. Do some Thirsty Thursday or something. Go check them out. It was cool. a nice night. Yeah. Windy City Thunderbolts wrestling. That's where we saw Cody Rhodes before. Yeah. He was Mr. Big Time in AEW. Cody, and bi- the American and was there. nightmare. Who? Yeah, Biss. Yep. He was fun. I was so concerned because it was like 45 degrees at night and these guys are wrestling outside. <laughs> at least for, the, for the White Castle Championship. Yeah, at least these, yeah, it's true. I still got pictures of it. And I went another time. I saw X-Pac there. He was a cool guy. And they don't, they're not bringing the big celebrity wrestlers anymore. No. They're just doing the independent ones, which is fine. It's still fun. Yeah, that one we were going to go to had Ricky Steamboat and he had to cancel it. And I had a figure ready for him. I'm like, oh, man. Man, Ricky. Well... They've got All Out coming up here in Chicago, and they're not doing yeah. StarCast, but I have a feeling they're going to do some type of FanFest, AEW will. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. see. Uh, I'll keep an eye on it, and we'll see. I, mean, I don't know who, if I would go. Uh, maybe if the Young Bucks or something, i get my figure signed, but I don't know if like an Arn Anderson was there or something, or a Tully, you know? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, we could, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll stroll. We'll see. I kind of, considering going to one of the Game Changer Wrestling shows that's going to be here this weekend, or that weekend. Okay. But I don't know if I can handle all the violence you can handle if you can handle a roller coaster you can handle a couple <laughs> shards of glass in someone's eye will you go with <laughs> and, me? And, and busted if, light tubes up their asses will you go with me yeah i'll go with you okay well it's a date we got a game changer is, uh, wrestling date. is a zach Ryder gonna be there i don't know Peter, i think he's nick cage nick cage i don't know i think he's doing the uh the one before i haven't really kept up with it i only saw the one thing where he showed up at yeah. the uh <laughs> game changer thing he did the horrible moxley shoulder yeah. roll and everyone's like he did it so good i'm like no it was terrible well, when he first did it, i'm like oh that's that that kind of looks like moxley kind of it, it really wasn't it was it was too exaggerated hey it doesn't matter and then i tried doing it i'm like i could do it better than him <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter it definitely was a crazy moment and got people excited yeah. so kudos to everyone involved all right we got uh, american wrestling i guess american i mean we have a few international listeners so I was always, yeah. cu- I've always been curious if you are in a different country besides the U.S., whether Canada, Australia, U.K., wherever you are. Uh, if when you were growing up watching wrestling, did you care about this stuff? The WWF pushed because WWF was huge in pushing the All-American hero, Hulk Hogan, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, even the Ultimate Sergeant Warrior. Slaughter. Yeah, like, did you guys care? Like during like WrestleMania Seven, did you care that? Slaughter turned his back on America. I'm curious. So yeah. we've got friends out there. We've got Lee from the Ross Nitro podcast down in Australia, but he lived in the UK before, I believe. But even still, he wasn't in the US. Like, do you think people cared? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is it uh Wrestle Figure Maniac from Ireland? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he cared. 
I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of did. I kind of didn't. I mean, I was younger too, so I I I didn't totally totally understand like patriotism. Mm-hmm. So so I mean, here's so fun to watch. When you were a kid and you were doing kind of you know wrestling your pillows and your wrestling buddies and doing a fake wrestling federation, not not figures. I'm talking about you. Yeah. Did you have a character name for yourself? Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay, I did. I, I was just kind of like, you know, pretend I was somebody like Macho Man, or I'd pretend I was mm-hmm. Jake the Snake, or yeah, you know, just kind of. I didn't have like Executioner. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> from parts uh, unknown. The uh, the USA Kid is what I called myself, which is you know that's a main eventer anywhere in the world. And I, mean, I don't yeah, know why I just I I bought into the Hulk Hogan waving the red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Hacksaw, everybody flag. I bought into the real it. American music. Yeah, I bought I into it. I am a real American. You're like, yeah. Yeah. All right. So there's a few moments we're going to talk about, and I want to thank everyone on Twitter who sent suggestions, and we get to some of them, not all of them. This won't be a super long show. This is just going to be a fun show. We, yeah. I mean, really, all of our shows are fun. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. All right. What, let's just start off. With with the main event, let's not what let's open with the big our biggest hit. We're going to be Guns and Roses opening with Welcome to the Jungle. Hey, we're not messing around here. No new crowd. Let's get the crowd to do it. We're talking Lex Luger. We're talking him slamming Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid, uh-huh. July fourth, nineteen ninety three. That's what we're talking about here. So. Were you watching Raw Wrestling at the time in '93? You were, right? You were in. Oh yeah, I was totally watching it. Yeah. All right. So they showed this, obviously not on the fourth, but on the Raw, like the highlights of it. Uh huh. And we'll talk about it, and we'll get to it there. But do you remember being excited, being like, "Oh crap, Luger's a good guy now"? Because my mind was blown. I'm like, whenever like a bad guy turned good, my mind was blown. But Luger especially, because he was. Well, just Luger the was ultimate. the surprise because you yes. had. I mean, this was. Um, uh, Mr. Fuji, obviously Japanese, and it was turning into like he's embarrassing because, because the, Yoko's because Yokozuna is is I thought he was Japanese, but yeah. at some point they did say he was Samoan, but I no he was during this heel right run he was always head. Japanese he was always yeah. Japanese during this heel run so he's the world champ and I feel like you know Japan <laughs> they got, they kind of made you feel like you know Japan was better than America and nobody could beat Yokozuna nobody could slam Yokozuna and you know Macho Man was at the time doing commentary he was wearing red white and blue and Macho USA so, so he was going for it um, and then just bringing in the other wrestlers you know, right it was but, kind but of fun to see we'll get to that but when you were were you excited when you found out Lex turned good were you in were you just or you didn't care. Because he wasn't the Ultimate Warrior or something. He wasn't Hogan, so he should have been happy about that. Um, I I was excited because he wasn't the narcissist anymore. Yeah, and because I kind of had a, a I was, kind of had a thing, but I kind of had, had a I kind of had a liking to Luger from his WCW days. Yeah, I knew he could do more than I felt like narcissist was a step back mm-hmm. from his WCW run. So I thought it was kind of cool that you know now he's a good guy again. And you know he's doing the the smiling and the and the high five and the fans and stuff. So I like that he turned good. Yeah. All right. So we could do this a couple ways. Lead up to you. So I have in front of me Lex Luger's book, Wrestling with the Devil, the Lex Luger story. Mm-hmm. I can read you his uh, entry about this first, or we could talk about the event first, then read his entry. What do you want to do? Um. Whatever you want to do first. Oh, oh, great. It's your it's your show. You're like my wife. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> do, I don't do, know what... do the do the entry. Okay. So this is Lex Luger wrestling with the devil, and 
it's just a, a couple pages here. And if you haven't read this book, it's okay. It's not the best wrestling biography, but it's good because it's honest. And we'll talk about my love for Lex Luger later and love for this whole damn deal that the WWF did here. So here's Lex's book, Wrestling with the Devil. Located at Pier 86 on the west side of Manhattan, the famed aircraft carrier had been commissioned in World War II for service in the Pacific. It's the, we don't care, Lex. All right, he's given like the history of the Intrepid. We're good. It seemed fitting that the exhibition was scheduled on July 4th, 1993 with the WWF World Heavyweight Champion and Japanese wrestler Yokozuna, who challenged anyone to body slam him, all 600 pounds of him. He claimed it could never be done. And this was like kind of out of nowhere. I don't remember there being a hype of Yoko not being able to be slammed. Yokozuna, boasting nobody ever lifted him off his feet, began the exhibition with 20 of the biggest, strongest athletes on the planet, NBA players, NFL players, wrestlers, powerlifters, and bodybuilders. And we'll talk about that too. I, I kind of forgot about the uh, the basketball players. Yeah. Yoko laughed as they as their feeble at their feeble attempts. Is this the best America has? Scoffed Mr. Fuji. Americans are so weak. Isn't everybody in America who has what it takes? He, I don't know if he said that. With Yokozuna enticing the cloud, I climbed aboard a helicopter a few miles away for a hair-raising ride. The pilot was under extreme pressure to land on the ship at the exact moment planned. So once I got in, we were airborne. The door was wide open. I didn't have my seatbelt buckle before we were speeding on our way. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he could have tipped over and like right, out, right, right out of the ground. Could you imagine you, <laughs> you get paralyzed <laughs> going to slam yokes? Like, oh, oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> I was convinced I was going to fall the helicopter and plummet into the Hudson River below. <laughs> As the helicopter began its descent to the ship, fans aboard the Intrepid were momentarily stunned, unsure of what it was doing there. I know what they thought it was doing. On the unedited version of the network a while ago, they uploaded this entire, on their hidden gems, this entire segment, which is like three hours, unedited. Uh-huh. And when Luger, without commentary too, when Luger lands on the helicopter, the crowd is chanting, Hogan, Hogan. They all thought it was Hogan. Yeah. As the helicopter began its descent, the ships, uh, I said that already. Then I popped out in distinctly all-American look of faded blue jeans, cowboy boots, and red, white, and blue shirt as the Made in the USA theme song blasted the speakers. I don't know if that happened, but anyway. I shoved my manager, Bobby Heenan, aside, which was a funny moment. Jumped into the ring to defend my country's honor. Yoko was massive, but I always called him the Dancing Bear because he was incredibly nimble for a man of his size. That's a he good was, name. <laughs> the Dancing Bear. He was undoubtedly the most talented big man in the business. Because of his girth, it was difficult to reach and grab Yoko, let, let alone slam him. He had to help you, of course, but even then, picking Yoko up required coordination and perfect timing. Sorry. It was imperative that your feet were set correctly to provide a strong foundation for him to come up on you so you could turn him. It required really powerful legs or he'd run completely over you and make you an ink spot on the mat. Yoke and I rehearsed everything about a week earlier at the headquarters in Connecticut. I'd been in my running shoes that afternoon. Now I was in cowboy boots. <laughs> and I noticed this when I was watching the thing. The boots certainly added to my look, but I knew immediately there'd be some problems. I, as soon as I slid into the ring, I began to lose footing. We were nose to nose and began to panic. Yoko, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I feel like I'm on ice skates. I'm not, I've got no footing. No problem, but uh, he said calmly, I got gotcha. you. Just do your best to stay on your feet. Uh-huh. As scripted before, and he took a swing at me. I ducked under it before countering with several powerful blows. Yoko rebounded as he was supposed to and tossed me into a turnbuckle. As he charged me in an attempt to squash me, I jumped out of the way at the last second. 
When I moved, Yoko would hit the turnbuckle, then stagger back, facing me so I could slam him. Yoko slowed up enough as he bounced off the turnbuckle to avoid running me over before performing an aerobatic turn in midair that gave me the footing I needed. In essence, hey. he sort of body slammed himself. The crowd went absolutely nuts. On camera, I looked pretty excited, but the truth was I was more relieved that we pulled it off. My professional persona was suddenly as all-American as mom and apple pie. Mom and apple pie. Oh, American. I guess moms are American. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And just like a politician, I was able to meet my adoring fans during a barnstorming campaign to build the excitement for my first shot at the WWF title against Yokozuna at SummerSlam. Lex Luger wrestling with the devil with his account of slamming Yoko on the USS Intrepid. Yeah, that just adds just like another level of knowledge to that whole scenario. Because after yeah. he slammed him, he jumps up on the in the corner turnbuckle, and he's like pumping up. He's like, yeah, and then he jumps off. And he, it looks like he slips, like he catches himself when he lands. Definitely does. Yes, he definitely does. Okay. And I've heard him talk about that, too, in interviews, I guess, where he was like, the mat was also baking in the sun all day, so it was slick as hell, and there was no like moisture in the air, so there's nothing to grip. Mm-hmm. So poor, poor Lexi. Could you imagine if he fucked it up and just yeah. dropped him on his ass. Well, they like, just re-record it. I guess. But he's like, Lex, go take, take the cowboy boots off. <laughs> Come out with your so, gym shoes. All right. So this show, like the recap that's shown on YouTube and the recaps in the past, the whole crowd's pumped, ready for this to happen. Macho Man USA is there, like we mentioned. Uh, the first thing, well, the first one they show is Scott Steiner, and he slaps Yoko. Was doing like, what? What a dick! <laughs> like, Yoko didn't agree to a match. He agreed to be slammed. Like, come on, Scott. He couldn't even pick him up either. Yeah, but Scott Steiner's all American from Michigan, and you know he's a he's a big ass athlete. So, you know, I, I, at the time, I I thought he could do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought I, I did. thought Crush could do it. See, to me as a kid, I think I associated who could do it with who was the most popular wrestler. So I'm like, there's no way a tag team guy's doing it. Yeah. All right. I mean, you're allowed to have your opinion. It's okay. Don't don't apologize. (laughs) Well, I'm not apologizing. I'm just kind of. uh, And then uh, then speaking of dick moves, Tatanka's jumping off the top rope and doing chops and doing war dances. Like, dude. This is unfair. Unfair. But Yoko takes care of him. At first, I thought it was him doing. But it's it's a fan out there too. It was a fan. I thought it was him. Every time he does the chop, then he goes to the top, and his his mouth isn't moving, and he comes off. I hear. (laughs) It was added in post. It it probably was because they had to cut about forty minutes out for (laughs) to just wrap it up and make it a good package. Yeah, and they've got uh, power lifters and football players. The the one basketball guy just like says, "Nope, I'm not doing it." He backs off. He walks up and like, "Nah, I'm out." And then I wonder if they had to pay these guys to show up for this. Probably. I like Bill Freilich when he got in there. I thought maybe he could do it. No, couldn't do it. Crush came the closest. He got him he off did. the ground. And I thought that Crush was going to do it. I thought Crush was going to do it, like watching this package. Mm-hmm. So I was ready. I wonder if this, I want to talk to someone who was there. So if you were there or if you know someone that was there, put them in contact with me. We will interview them. I will understand everything that happened that day, what they had for lunch, how they convinced their parents to go there, how they heard about it. I, I need details. I need to know these things. I'm how long were you there? Was there a wait to get in? Yes. I mean, was it hot? Did you live in the area? <laughs> did you, Yeah. Did, did you have to beg your mom and dad? Did you, what, what was the deal here? It's 4th of July. Did you have fireworks plans that night? I need details. Yeah. It, it was a fun experience. Um, you know, you, you sent me a link to it. Mm-hmm. And 
I've seen this before, you know, but it's it's been a long time since I watched the whole thing and, and the pop and circumstance with the macho coming out and doing the introductions and all that. And I'm like, man, this is kind of interesting. And I just, I don't know, I kept watching it. And then all these sports stars were coming out. I'm like, well, I forgot about all these guys. I just remember, you know, Scott Steiner, Crush, um, Savage. I remember him failing terribly. And uh, yeah, Lex Luger coming through the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. And the other thing that I thought that was interesting watching this was the spot where Yoko takes a break to eat rice. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> He's got to refuel, I think someone said. He must have been so hot just baking in the sun all day. Mm-hmm. And Pettengill is also there, who has maybe the worst outfit ever. It was 93. He's got jean shorts that look like like capris almost with how long and tight they are. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he's got a tucked in USA polo, but it's not even like a bad, cool USA polo. It's just terrible. It's not even like a Stars and Stripes one, just red, white, and blue. And he's got his tube socks pulled up to <laughs> past his ankles. He's got his white, <laughs> white Reeboks on or whatever he was wearing in 93. I love Tom Pettengill, but whew, fashion choices are rough. Yoko. That was the that was the 90s, baby. You and know what? My- speaking of 90s, real quick, I, I, I went to... Um, I went with Becca to go watch a, it was like a concert outside. I told her I was dead tired. She's like, oh, you could just stand there, have a drink. I'm like, all right. So I saw this guy. I'm like, hey, that guy's got a mullet. <laughs> I'm like, the mullets are coming back. You know, you know hair, hair fashion from the 90s. I, I, a mullets are, Brian Pillman Jr.'s got a mullet. Yeah, but I've never seen one like in real life. In the wild. In the wild, <laughs> as you would say. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, uh, Macho Man. Gets the last chance. And I think yeah. watching this, I kind of would have assumed Macho would have been the guy to slam him. I think Macho should have came the closest instead of Crush. Well, Macho wasn't an active wrestler. I mean, he I was, know. but not really. Listen, if Macho Man slammed him and he got the title shot at Mania, or Mania SummerSlam and won, that would have been amazing. Macho Man is the WWF champ in 93? Sign me up. I'm all in. What do yeah, you think? I mean, saving the best for last. That's what I thought was going to happen at the time. Like, all right, Macho's going to get it. Yes, and then we've got the helicopter in the distance as we heard Luger's holding on for dear life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, God. As you, were, as you were telling that story, I'm imagining him like, what is he grabbing, holding on to? Is it the seat he's white-knuckling so yeah, he doesn't, so let, doesn't slide left or right out of uh, the damn helicopter? <laughs> so we've got the actual story of what happened. Let's talk like a kayfabe story of Luger. Like, where yeah. is Lex? The Darcy? Is he at the like the Gold's Gym in Manhattan? Hatton. Yeah, he, and he gets he gets word in the, in the someone call, parking lot. Well, no, he's at the gym. He gets word okay. that something's going on. That someone's ma- knocking America. It's uh-huh. like you know, and, and I think Vince McMahon even says like, "We know he loves himself, but now we know he loves America." Like, he's well, yeah, that's his, that's his workout clothes. Like he he loves America behind the scenes. So he's yeah, he's at the gym. He's got his you know patriotic shit on. Mm-hmm. It's Fourth of July. Some curls. Well, he's pumping up. Maybe going to the fireworks show with Peggy later. He's got to pick up some uh, hot dogs on the way home and yeah. you know, grill, do some grilling and pick up some, uh, you know, depending on where he lives. He's got a place of Connecticut, party poppers. maybe. Yeah, he's those got a... confetti party poppers. If yeah, they, the snaps. If they're illegal in your state. Yeah, the snaps. <laughs> he's got to go across the town. But then he, he's, he's in kayfabe. He's like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's like a Ric Flair. But like now, like Luger's so positive all the time and all of it. And he's like, oh, it's it's great. It's Everything's just so great. I love everybody. It's just so great, which is awesome. He's the terrible thing that's had, had to happen to him. Yeah. And he's tried to like, he's really turned his life around and made amends and all that stuff. But it's just, oh, I tell you, it's great. And 
You know, I, me and Bret Hart used to drink Starbucks coffee all the time. Like, oh, I tell you. Anyway, he's going on that. Then he gets the call that this is happening. Like, someone calls Gold's Gym. Well, someone's at the Intrepid. Sure. And they're like, we got to call. Like, who who are we going to call? Like, I know Ho- I know Luger is a deep down patriot. Like, he's, he's from patriot. Atlanta, Atlanta he's, GA. Yeah. Or he's Chicago. Bad, he's Bad Street. He's not Bad Street. <laughs> so Luger <laughs> says, I okay. I call my homie Lex. Okay, let me finish this set. He's like, wait, traffic's so terrible in Manhattan. How am I ever going to make it there in time? And then the owner of Gold's Gym says, I know a guy that has a helicopter. <laughs> However, there's no seatbelts in the helicopter. <laughs> like, how comfortable are it's, you? It's in the middle of repair. <laughs> Interior how, repair. How comfortable are you flying to it? So that's that's the logic that you have to fill in the blanks as a kid and even as an adult. Like, how did Lex know about this? And how's he getting there via helicopter? Anyway, he shows mm-hmm. up. Crowd's chanting, kind of USA, because they all thought it was Hogan. Pettengill, I didn't realize this until much later, gets the gets on the mic and starts going, Lex, Lex, to get the crowd to say Lex, Lex, Lex. Okay. Where they talked about what happened via Lex's book. He does slam him, although Bobby Heaney would call it like a hip-up, not a full turnover slam. Mm-hmm. And... The crowd does lose their mind. They are pumped. Well, because someone did it. They're like, holy crap. Do you think they would have all, cared? All, if- all, all of these stars and athletes that we thought that could do it, like nobody could do it. Like, we are weak. We, <laughs> we, we are we, weak. <laughs> America's weak. We can't even lift this guy. Like, even our strongest, like Scott Steiner, Bill Frey, like crush. <laughs> crush. Bodybuilders cannot lift this Someone said 450 pounds and whatever. This 600-pound monster, this Japanese monster who owns the world title. Like, no, we we can't do it. No. Wait, who's this? <laughs> it's Lex. It's Hogan. It, 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 Lex Luger, you're our only hope. Help Here me. Hope you one can help me. Listen. Help, help us, Lex Luger. Yes. And he saves America, and the crowd is pumped. They lose their mind. Do you think anyone, they would have been as pumped if it was anybody that slammed him? Or do you think the baby face turn was the better pop? Who would have gotten a bigger pop? I think this go, it goes to Lex. The baby face turn, I mean, it's from people that... I think Macho would have gotten an equal an equal pop if he did it. Because he's been there all I, day. I, he's in his costume. Yeah, but it, but it would have been as big. Because I remember watching at that time, and I felt like, you know, the way he was positioned anyway, he was, I don't know, kind of like a falling star. Like, yeah. He was... Host, uh, oh, commentary. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was just... There were new people coming in, like Brett and all that other stuff, and just Macho was just on his way down. And I, I like the Luger decision. Mm-hmm. It was great. And looking back, this is, as silly as this sounds... This is kind of one of the defining memories, wrestling memories of my fandom as a kid. Okay. It's up there. I'm with you. This mo- I mean, we've got all of WrestleMania 7. We've got the whole build to WrestleMania 8. And then this is right there with it. The Luger slamming Yoko and the build of SummerSlam 93. It's right up there for people. I think people who were born between, let's say, like 79 and like 89, it's right there. It's this is there. the biggest... United States America push in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. like in, in any company, really. And I don't even know what it was like in um, sports, wasn't really doing much. I mean, you know. Well, there was because there was the Gulf War going on. So remember in 91, that during the Super Bowl, 
there was all the yellow ribbons and all that stuff. I remember that being a thing because I remember yeah. being in class. Some kids, some of their parents were overseas, like they were enlisted in the military. And I remember that kind of, we were like writing letters to, I remember being a kid, like writing cards to soldiers. They were overseas and not really understanding it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I did that too. Yeah. Okay. But in the 90s, this is probably the most American thing ever. Not just wrestling ever, right? Just ever. <laughs> <laughs> the most American thing ever. <laughs> right next to Mom and Apple Pie, you got Lex Luger. Lex Express, 1993, yeah. going from coast to coast, meeting, greeting. Everybody from, um, you know, average fans to, like, make-a-wish type deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's the epitome of America. It was awesome. We just spent 20 minutes just loving on this whole segment and all all people created equal that was lex that was he lex tre- he, he treated everybody the same i'm a big fan big fan of the total package big fan of made in the usa luger i love and, the idea of the lex express mm-hmm. I, I, I mean that was just incredible and i remember you said you you had looked into it you wanted to go because they were coming to chicago <laughs> was that is that what you yeah so they went to he went to a white Sox game and like he was yeah, in the broadcast booth and i, I found out about it I think on like a White Sox pregame show, like that day or something, he'd be like, Oh my God. And like, <laughs> Dad, can we go? He's like, What? Get away from me. <laughs> what? Get away from me. Well, here's the, well, that's every, that's every dad, isn't it? <laughs> maybe. However, so this, this led up to the build to Lex at SummerSlam 93 going for the title. And I'm looking at the buy rates really quick here. So, in comparison, so SummerSlam 92. And this is unfair because SummerSlam 92 was on a Monday. I guess SummerSlam 93 was too, but SummerSlam 92 wasn't live. And that did 280,000 buys. SummerSlam 91 did 405,000 buys. SummerSlam 93, which Lex Yoko, only did 250,000 buys. And the next year in 94, it did 300,000 buys. Main evented Undertaker, Undertaker, and um, Brett It's not a bad number for the, for the mid-90s. Well, in 93, you're right. Uh, Rumble did 300,000. Mania did 430. King of the Ring, the first one, did 245. SummerSlam 300. And Survivor Series 254. So, yeah, it was the second biggest pay-per-view outside of Mania for the year for the WWF. So, you're right. It's not bad. Yeah, that's what it should be. I mean, as far as how they try to yeah. promote it. But yeah, I, still sure. like the, I still like the Rumble over, over right. SummerSlam. Right, me too. Okay, let's let's go right into the next thing. Did you watch the Yoko versus uh, Lex introductions to the matches from SummerSlam yeah. '93? Yeah, I did. Okay, well, first off, we've got the pomp and circumstance. We've got the awesome entryway with the Party City style tassels, red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. The entranceway, I love that. And that wasn't a in the '90s. That wasn't a really a thing to change the entranceway up for pay per views. No. It was just your standard logo, right? Yeah. So this was a big deal. I'm not going to talk about the match, even though we know Luger should have won, and everybody does, knows she should have won the title. We'll talk about how there's a master of ceremonies, which is Macho Man Randy Savage. He's not in his Macho USA gear, though. He's in, like, a candy striper gear. And he's got Aaron Neville with him, who sings the national anthem. And Aaron Neville is just not the guy to get the crowd pumped. He's, oh, say, can't you? <laughs> so you need like an Aretha Franklin. You need Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. Yes, you need a Reba. A Reba McIntyre. Yes, you need Tito's sister out there to, to get the crowd pumped. Let's get 
you know, Metallica or someone to solo. Let's get the crowd into it. But no. Anyway, and then he, Luger comes out to Stars and Stripes Forever, which I always thought kind of made him. I loved it. What? Really? Yeah, I love when that music hit and he comes out. I, I made it seem to me like he was like a jobber. Oh, man. Because everyone had original music except for him. I guess. Jeez, I mean, man. listen, you're allowed you're to really, like. You're, you're really li- cutting into him. <laughs> listen. You're really cutting, you're cutting him down. Listen, I love the, the Lex. The Lex Luger, as Bret Hart would call him. I met him at StarCast. Got my autograph. Got a picture with the actual WCW world title that he held. And... I think this entrance got the crowd pumped, but they could have been more pumped. And note I had too was the pop wasn't that big for Luger. It was big, but it wasn't Hogan big. Well, he he was kind of an upstart. I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago, was it? After WrestleMania? Yeah. No, well, it was around Fourth of July. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. So a month ago, he was a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Give him a year. He'll, he'd be Hogan. He'd be Hogan. All right, so let me just, uh, Aaron Neville, here's your options. Say, like, the hottest artist in 1992, 93. Okay. Dr. Dre? No. Janet Jackson? Maybe. Maybe. But could they afford her? No. You got uh, Tag Team for Whoop, there it is. Whitney Houston. Maybe Boys boys to Men's Too Soft. Yeah. Uh, Rex and FX. Mm, Don't know. Yeah, that... Peebo Bryson. <laughs> How about the Smashing Pumpkins? They around in '92. Um, Nirvana. No, I mean they. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess Aaron Neville was the best of the best. <laughs> he was the best option for the thing, <laughs> that they could afford. They couldn't afford Whitney Houston. Yeah. All right. UB forty. Any, <laughs> <laughs> any other notes about this intro besides Neville's denim vest? Well, no, I like the, uh, the 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 Japanese national anthem. Sure. I saw uh, Sato or Sato from the Orient Express is back there as a representative in his suit. At the time, I was thinking, why is he there, and how come nobody mentioned who he was? Because <laughs> I recognized him. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, is is the singer a wrestler that <laughs> they just say, hey, could you sing? And then they're trying to pull him off as some singer from Japan or yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, I, I thought that would have gotten more booze. From the from uh, the fan, but Japan didn't fans. do anything wrong to us. <laughs> no, but I mean the way the WWE television was making us sound, we were in a war with Japan. <laughs> right. Well, I just watched the movie Midway. You ever see that? A uh, long time ago. Okay. It just, well, it just came out in 2019, so it couldn't have been that long ago. Okay, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, go, it's on streaming services. Go check. It's pretty good. It's a story about uh, basically the Battle of Midway, which was the first big battle after Pearl Harbor was attacked. And it's cool because it goes back and forth between the American side and the Japanese side, so it's pretty cool to like see that. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. It got kind of awful, like iffy reviews, but check it out anyway. So that's what made me think. I'm like, man, they're making it seem like we're in like, the yeah. 40s here at war with Japan. Like, come I was on, they're of, sending uh, us electronics, and we're, we're allies. <laughs> we're, we're buying stuff from them. Yeah, <laughs> that's where my uh, Sony Discman came from, for sure, or Walkman, whatever it was at the time. No, the movie I was thinking of was Flyboys. Yeah, yeah. Check out Midway. Bring it Okay. Okay. Next up, we'll go to one of yours. You want to talk your Mr. America? Uh, yeah. So, well, I got to get back to my notes here. Are we going to end on the, uh, well, let's just go Mr. America. Let's stop. 
hemming and hawing around here. <laughs> so Hulk Hogan, he had that uh, street fight with Mr. McMahon in mm-hmm. 2003. WrestleMania, was it 19? Yeah. Yeah, so he's got this in... McMahon just gets mad at him and, and tells him that he's going to sit out the rest of his contract. He can't compete anywhere else. So now we have... We know Hulk Hogan's under contract, but he's at can't wrestle. So then later on, uh, right after WrestleMania, Stephanie McMahon is in charge of SmackDown as she announces that she signed a new wrestler and his name is Mr. America. I wasn't watching at the time. So was this kind of a funny thing that happened? It was because it was a way to get Hogan back on TV and just saying Mr. America like nobody knew what it was. So then Piper's Pit, um, I want to say May, June, the summer spring summer uh piper is back with the company in 2003 he's doing this piper's pit thing in there and he's like introducing master america and then <laughs> dun, 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 dun. hogan's music hits the fans are going crazy hogan comes out <laughs> same hulk hogan shtick he's doing the he's doing the poses he's doing the brothers he's got the fu manchu sticking out of this american patriot mask he's got the long tights you know red white and blue yeah and he's just coming out he's doing the whole uh hand waving in the air holding it up to his ear and checking for the fans and he comes out and you know piper's talking to him he's like you're hulk hogan under that mask he's like no brother <laughs> he's like i'm not hulk hogan i'm mr america and for the I don't know, for months, like he would just do interviews at the backstage and people was like, no, you're Hulk Hogan. And it was kind of funny. Taz was on commentary. He's just like, just totally kayfabe in this. Like, oh, it might be Macho Man under there. <laughs> it's <laughs> obvious it's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, to me, it just made me like Hogan because he, he's, he was being goofy. He was okay to laugh at himself and understand how ridiculous his shtick was. Yeah, so it was fun. It just the backstage commentary and the different matches that he would do. It was all just Hulk Hogan in a mask, but he had to pretend he wasn't Hulk Hogan to stick with the stipulation that Vince McMahon gave him that he had to set out his contract. <laughs> but he still was able to wrestle under a mask. So the reason this brought me up, oh, the reason this came up is I was watch. I saw this thing on Instagram or Twitter. It was Tyler Breeze you know, is, is going to have figured out a workaround for his 90 day yeah, clause in, yeah. a, in a mask. So I'm like, Hulk Hogan did that. <laughs> that's where he got it from. Mr. America. I don't know if that's where he got it from, but you know, to me, that's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's what they were, they were like paying homage to, but yeah, maybe not. Maybe I'm just too old school. <laughs> I'm reading more into it than what it was. Yeah. I wish I kind of wish I was watching it. Maybe I'll go on the network and, or the peacock on the cock and uh, watch some, Smackdown yeah, just, from just start. Um, yeah, I want to say like right after. Well, I mean, yeah, I watched watch Smackdown from oh three after yeah, Mania. 03. Yeah, all right, I'll check it out. It gets good. I mean, good. there are some spots in there that you know it was interesting to watch at the time, though. I you know kind of like a lapse fan, so to speak, where I wasn't watching all the time. But mm-hmm. when I did watch, and I would go back on YouTube because I mean YouTube was around then, so I would just kind of you know pick up different clips and people you know, recording stuff and uploading it illegally and before they got all their copyright stuff figured out. Naturally, that's the way to do it. And then Daily Motion and Ven or whatever the other one was. Daily Motion and something else. Vimeo? Sure. Sounds about right. The other one we could talk about is one I almost took off this list because it's mm-hmm. not really in a patriotic thing. So it's Sting versus Ric Flair Great American Bash nineteen ninety. And Sting, it's the Great American Bash. So that's American. And Sting's in his USA gear, his uh-huh. coat, and his face paint. 
But other than that, it's not really a patriotic story. It's a story about Sting getting the title. He just wanted to be on brand with With the Great American Bash. Right. And it's cool gear, and it's Mm -hmm. a cool figure they made. But, I mean, whatever. I rewatched the match today, actually, this morning. I just had it on. It's a great match, and the ending's awesome, too. And the crowd, the last, like, two minutes and, like, 45 seconds, three minutes of the match, the entire arena is standing because there's, like, false finishes, and it's a very, very good finish to the match. So I mm-hmm. suggest you guys go back and watch it if you haven't in a while. But patriotic-wise, I was a little, mm, mm, I don't know, Stinger. You're not so patriotic to me. <laughs> I, I never mean, thought it, of Sting <clears throat> as, like, USA. I, yeah, I was trying to think back to like super patriotic stuff, WCW, and I couldn't really think of any, maybe because I wasn't so um, patriotic. No, I, I'm thinking of like any like America versus other countries type of stuff in mm-hmm. WCW. I didn't really see any. I mean, they had patriotic characters, but I don't really think they waged war <laughs> with other countries. It was just like, hey, we're American and we're patriotic. And, you know, I thought that was cool. And they might have just done like small scale stuff against like a, a German wrestler or a Russian wrestler, but I never really got like Nikita Koloff and stuff like that. I, I think was was bigger than what I remember because mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan. But um, yeah, I think WWE because you know that's our wheelhouse. That's where a lot of the super patriotic stuff that we remember come from. And I think the next one I have is the the SmackDown after. September 11th, because I mean, if you just remember that time, like everybody was locked down, flights were grounded, like nobody knew what was going on. And people were thinking, oh, they could hit malls, they could hit ballparks, yeah. anybody, anybody, any arena or, or building with a lot of people could be next. So everybody's like, you know, I don't want to go to the mall. I don't want to go to this game. And things are being canceled. Um, yeah, baseball stopped, all that stuff. Yeah. Even late night shows that with audiences like, oh, we can't take the risk because they might hit the, you know, late night building or whatever it's called. And you know, everybody called Rockefeller Center, the late night. Building. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just strange. And I remember Vince McMahon was saying, you know, we, we're going to be the first ones to, to do it. And even then I was a little, eh, I don't even know if that, you know, getting like, you know, 10,000 people or 15,000 people in a building, you know, if that's even safe, but he did it. And, you know, everybody there was like super like, yeah, we're not afraid, you know, give us, your, <laughs> you know, almost daring, daring somebody to like, you know, mm-hmm. blow up, blow up the building. And, you know, everybody there is, I, I'm not going to say they're stupid, but I mean, they went there and said, yeah, you can't uh, kill our patriotism. And yeah. this is, this is America. And, you know, I really like that idea. You know, I wouldn't go, but it was fun to watch and just see how like inspirational that was. I, and then I remember I was going to put this on the list, but then I decided not to, because it's such a weird thing. Cause it's such a sad time memory yeah. that happened that we grew up and lived through. Uh, but it's it is interesting to watch how I've, like to kind of put yourself back in that mind frame of when mm-hmm. September 11 2001 happened one the confusion like I was talking with someone about this a couple of years ago like could you imagine if like Twitter was around when that happened there'd be so much misinformation out like spreading like wildfire about everything right. that's happened it'd just be it'd be more chaos and even like following through the timeline like, every year, I usually watch all the History Channel documentaries they do on it, just to kind of watch it, just to, they do like a the day of, mm-hmm. real time thing, all that stuff. And A&E does it too, so I try to watch those every year. But even then there was misinformation trying to figure out what was going on. So I couldn't imagine if there was social media during that time. But I remember when we were, in, we were in, I was senior in high school when it happened. So 
we did we were kids we're like what do we do so we like stood on the corner on like 159th and harlem over there where blockbuster used to be and like with american flags just had cars honk their horns like we had nothing else to do yeah. we didn't know what else to do but we just wanted to be united and that's what vince and the people did and i've gone back like at least once and watched the smackdown show it hasn't been a bunch, but maybe I'll go back and watch it this weekend for my 4th yeah. of July duty. I'll go back and watch it again. <laughs> for, um, yeah, that show at the beginning when everybody, all the wrestlers are standing on the stage like they do for the, you know, the, yeah. um, what do Ten you call bell it? Salute. Ten bell salute. You know, they're all out there. They've got generals. They've got army people in the stands, you know, hands on their hearts and American flags all over the place. And it's, it's just felt like, I know I got goosebumps that, Lillian Garcia, which I think is best singer that WWE has ever had singing the Star Spangled Banner. Better than Neville? Oh, yeah. Not Neville, the man that Gravity forgot. <laughs> Aaron Neville. I've never heard Neville sing. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he's the best, but I haven't heard him. But everybody, it's, you can see like tears in their eyes and just the way she sings and it hits the notes is perfect. And it's a good, uniting, patriotic I, I guess uh, I don't even know what to call it, but just everybody there was like together for that. <laughs> All right. What do you, well, I guess we'll talk about, I'm looking at my notes here because we don't have that, that many more because this is just going to be a short impromptu show. This isn't our mm-hmm. normal crazy deep, crazy dive talking about everything. I've got Hulk Hogan returning at WrestleMania 21 to save Eugene from Muhammad Hassan and Davari. This was a WrestleMania I didn't watch live, but I rewatched it, and this was set up just to give Hogan a big pop. Davari of, or I mean, sorry, Hassan, this evil Middle Eastern heel, beating up yeah. Eugene, which was just a weird character that pretended to be mentally challenged. Which is just, I can't believe they did that. It's so cringe now to watch it, but he's got him in there, camel clutch, and Hogan comes out and beats him up, huge pop, and that that was probably one of the more modern ones I know. Mm-hmm. Also, Cena versus Rusev at WrestleMania yeah, 31. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. So let's talk about Cena Rusev. Do you have any notes to talk about that? Because I, that was one where I'm older now, or I was older still in 2015 when WrestleMania 31 happened. And I remember thinking this USA versus Russia angle they're going for is not going to work. People are going to crap over it. But it got over and people were all in. People wanted the American Cena to beat the evil Russian Rusev. So it worked. Yeah, this Cena is one that I really started to like him again. I mean, I, I wasn't around when he was doing the rapping thing and the vulgar balls and in your face and sucking my what. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't really have a thing for Cena until like 2011. You know, I was like, oh, I don't like him because he is pushing down you know other guys that I want to win, like CM Punk. And I mean, that's really it at the time. <laughs> CM Punk, I'm like, why can't CM Punk beat him? You know, he's way cooler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's the United States champion. He's got the open challenge. He's, you know, anybody. You know, it didn't seem like he was like pushing people down like the whole theory of Hulk Hogan did back in the day because he was getting compared to Hogan with that. And so like Kevin Steen or um, what's his damn name? Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, like all these young guys are coming up. I'm like, oh, okay. He's giving them a chance to be on TV, competing with John Cena in the ring and all that kind of stuff, elevating the title, elevating the wrestlers and all of that. And I liked him because he's a United States champion. He's representing the mm-hmm. U.S. He's got the red, white, and blue colors going on now. And 
and then Rusev, you know, being from Bulgaria and the mother Russia and Lana doing the whole thing. I mean, I thought that was a good, yeah, it good, worked. good Russian thing. And the it Rusev crush and, you know, Rusev was a badass. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, maybe Rusev can beat up John Cena. And it, it was fun. I liked it. And that's the one where Rusev came out in the tank. Yes. Also, I mean, also I mean, even moment. that was awesome. Yeah. Also, good moment. I think we'll wrap up if you don't have any more with our favorite WrestleMania, WrestleMania 7, Hulk versus Slaughter. This is, of course, the most patriotic thing WWE ever did. I know we, yeah. we, we, we gave it to Luger, but if we're being realistic, this the angle started during an actual war, ended when the war was over, and mm-hmm. they pushed it down through SummerSlam. But, of course, everyone knows the story. Slaughter's the Iraqi sympathizer. We're at war with them in, in Operation Desert Storm. Hogan, of course, is the Made in the USA guy. One of the little touches I loved about this. Instead of Hogan wearing his red and yellow bandana, he wore a star's blue bandana. Mm-hmm. Like a USA one. I love that. He's got the big flag. The crowds around him. He conquers a rock, apparently. <laughs> Beats Slaughter. Gets the championship <laughs> back for America. He this wins is, the battle and the war. This is what I thought. Yes, that's true. This is what I thought Vince and Lex and WWF were going for in 93. Just kind of a recap. Like, oh, we got an evil mm-hmm. foreign guy. USA guy's going to beat him and everyone will be happy. And they should have with with Lex and Yoko, but they didn't. But here they did. Could you imagine if Hogan didn't win? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He gets the count out. Yeah. Win. Yeah, oh, my God. Does he get the championship? Well, yeah. Slaughter even said in the promo, I may get myself counted out. You would win the battle, but not the war. As he's spitting all over the camera doing his oh, promo. Oh, so I was right. He did win the battle and the war. Hogan did, yeah. Because he got the, the title. He did. And he's, got, he's all bloody post-match and all that stuff. He even breaks the flag over his knee, the Iraq flag, and mm-hmm. the Stars and Stripes Forever thing. And I think we've talked about this before. I wasn't old enough to care or be in tune to how insensitive this angle was. Do you remember like thinking it was weird? Did your parents talk to you about it at all? Or were you just like, no, Hulk, this is what happens? No, I just remember this is the way it was. I mean, this was 91, 92, yeah, 91. Like, that's the way it was in 91. It wasn't. That's the way it was. Just it was, people. We were just crude. We didn't. We weren't sensitive to anything. <laughs> no, we weren't. We, st- I mean, we, we, st- we 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 called names that we wouldn't dare say today, and making fun of people, and you know, putting you know stereotypes and all that stuff was. I'm not saying acceptable, but we're just it what was it, was. To- it was tolerated. Yeah, it's just what it was, and people just just went along with it. And yeah. as much as everyone, you know, in the mainstream, I think this is mania has really gained a lot more love as time has gone on to people who are in the thirties and forties, like we are of just having such a warm, like great memory feel show of it from top to bottom. (laughs) Great memory. (laughs) Yeah. Great memory show feel is what I was trying to say. Yeah. And I loved it and I loved the main event and I know macho, macho King versus warrior stole the show, but this main event still pretty good. It's a solid B main event match, but the angle itself and the whole, USA conquering Iraq. <laughs> it's just awesome. <laughs> but that that's where that's it. Those are my bookends. We're going to open with Lex and close with Hulk. Those are my two bookends for this. So I, USA I can't show. close it with a memoriam for the yes, ultimate you can. Patriots. Go the ahead. ultimate Patriot Del Wilkes. Uh, he passed away on July 1st. Um, it, it might be crude or to say what if he died on July 4th? You know, that I think would have been ironic, maybe great in a way, but 
Um, he did pass away, and I remember seeing him in ninety. I think ninety one. I was in junior high, I think. Mm-hmm. But I would come home after school, and there would be wrestling on ESPN because I'd come home, flip the channels, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I had WWF, WCW Saturday night or Saturday mornings, and then all of a sudden there's wrestling on ESPN, 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock when I got home from school. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Or maybe it was 2 to 3, whatever. And I remember seeing the Patreon. I'm like, oh, this guy's got a look. Like, I could see him in WWF or WCW, which made me want to watch, go home and watch. Because I'm like, they have, like, big stars, like, in GWF. So I'm like, all right, cool. And then I remember seeing... um uh, the one, two, three kid, I think he was Kamikaze kid or cannonball kid, whatever he was, mm-hmm. and, you know, other wrestlers that ended up going to WWF. I remember seeing it, but the, the Patriot was cool. And then as I was watching the GWF and there was the dark Patriot. And I remember thinking that was so cool being a kid. It was fun to see like a good, bright character going against the opposite devil, dark version of himself. And that was like in cartoons and stuff like that, where you have like the, the evil Smurf and or like, you know, evil he man. And so I thought that was kind of, kind of smart for the time. And, so I felt like, oh, I like the Patriot. Then a couple of years later, I saw him pop up on WCW. I'm like, I know him. So it was like that almost like underground type wrestler that, you know, I, I felt like I grew up with. And then I was rooting for to show up in different things. And he was in a tag team with uh, Marcus Bagwell, the Stars and Stripes. So still carrying on the patriotic thing. And my favorite was when he popped up in WWF and um, he went against the Hart Foundation when Bret Hart was doing the anti-American stuff with uh, the Bulldog, um, Pillman and, and those guys and. It was just fun to see him, like, I don't know, I was almost kind of proud <laughs> that I knew him for so long. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's kind of made it to the top. He's wrestling one of the best wrestlers in WWF. And it was, I don't know, I had a almost like a, I don't know what it is, like a kinship to him of sorts that I, I was really rooting for him to make it. And it, it was fun. It was kind of sad to hear that he died, and he was uh, 59 years old. So Yeah, so, and he had this random WWF run in 97 against Bret Hart and even main event or had a title match against him at a pay-per-view and it was it was interesting but it's always sad when guys we grew up with pass away so yeah and cheers. he had uh, Kurt Angle's original music or yes or, Kurt, yeah cheers yeah. <laughs> cheers to the Patriot Del Wilkes when you're watching the fireworks this Friday or this Sunday I should say on the think 4th of, of July Patriot. think of the Patriot Del Wilkes and nothing else <laughs> Also, think of Lex Luger slamming with Ozuna. Think of Hogan and Slaughter. Think, think of, of Mom and Apple Pie. Yes, as Lex said. Think of Sting's face paint. Think of Mr. America. Think of all that fun stuff. You do anything think of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho! What are you doing for the 4th of July? Uh, we're going to watch, of course, Independence Day. And watch some fireworks somewhere. Where are you going to go? Last year, I don't know yet. Uh, going to Frankfurt. So, I mean, we got fireworks last year. So mm-hmm. I shot up, a, shot up a bunch of shit in the backyard last year. Yeah, uh, we didn't do any shopping this year, so I don't know what we're gonna do. Maybe pop off some confetti poppers and sparklers, and yeah, well, go if you go swimming. to a show, we'll we'll probably be going to the Orland show, the Orland fireworks show. So, okay, if I may see you there if you if you head up there. Yeah, I might. I got a, I got a, a Steelers a folding canvas chair. chair. Yeah. There you go. You just pop holds, it out holds there. Holds two beers and uh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> I think they all hold two beers, don't they? Yes, they might. Even okay. better. Yeah, we might walk up there because it's just a Centennial Park. It's just a little less than a mile up the road and down the neighborhood. Or we might drive and just park at the train station. Either way, it'll be fun. Fourth of July is always a good holiday for me growing up. We always had fun. We always went to the fireworks and always barbecued. And it was just a fun day. I remember going to like, the pool and all that stuff and getting my old Navy old 
old Navy shirt, USA 2020. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you said you're old, like you're an old Navy. No, like you're a Navy veteran. No, the uh, bust out your old Navy shirt. <laughs> the store, old gotcha. Navy with the flag in it. But I, I'll probably bust out the Lex Luger shirt for Fourth of July. It's pretty much the standard. That's what I'll do. I forgot all about Old Navy. I'm going to go up there and see if I can find a shirt. They'll be there for five bucks. Old, 4th of July, 2021. Go pick one up. All right, cool. Awesome. I <laughs> hope to see you there on Sunday. Eric, anything else before we wrap up? No, that's it. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And before we wrap up, really quick shout out to our podcast buddies that do great work each and every week. Our friends uh, Scott and Jeff of the Fully Posable Podcast. Congratulations to Scott. He's going to SummerSlam. I heard in the last show, so that'll be fun for him. Check them out each and every week, the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Check out our friends over at the Our Vantage Point Podcast. Follow them on Twitter at OVP Podcast. They do an awesome retro wrestling show. I have a sweet Patreon, too, that I've subscribed to, so check those guys out. Uh, our friends Eric and Barry are doing the favor every week they do a show about collecting doing they're selling a bunch of stuff so they just the, the legwork hashtag follow them and listen to their show as well uh, our friend lee from the Roz nitro podcast does a show out down there in australia so hopefully he responds to our question about did other people from other countries care about america stuff uh, I, I was on the apron bump podcast so check them out as well they do uh, look backs at shows from all sorts of genres and they it's a lot of fun the way they do that uh, check out our friends over at the ringside podcast they do a show each and every week and also daniel spencer the famous impact wrestling referee out there one of only like a handful of referees on television if you think about it so kudos to him also if you're an impact wrestling fan they just got added to the Redbox app so the Redbox app is free so go ahead and add that and watch some impact wrestling check that out hey, too. that's awesome yeah so check that out uh that's all i have um i wanted to wrap up with something more clever but it's a day show i'm all over the place Everyone cheer for Lex Luger. That's all I got to say. Hey, you know what? Ultimate, ultimate uh, 4th of July, Lex Luger Icons is going to be on 4th yes, of July. Yes, yes. Network. Cannot wait for that. I'll be watching that after everyone goes to bed on Sunday. Eric, maybe I'll see you Sunday. If not, we'll see you soon. Everyone else, thanks for listening. Happy 4th of July. See you next week. Yeah.